Let's see what the stew has in store for us today. Welcome to the Gnomecast, Gnome Stew's tabletop gaming advice podcast. Here we talk with the other gnomes about gaming things to avoid becoming part of the stew, so I guess we'd better be good. This episode is brought to you by awesome Patreon backers like the bountiful Ben Madden, the daunting Doug Roz, and the jubilant Jennifer Kathleen. Today, we have myself, Ange, along with Tomas and Phil, and we are going to talk about the biggest hurdle of getting games to the table, scheduling difficulties. Before we dive into that main topic, though, we're going to ask our Get to Know a Gnome question, which is, what do you find to be your preferred capacity of regular gaming uh, occurring in your life? Uh, And has that changed from when you were younger? Phil, I'm going to start with you. So capacity is in like how many games? Yeah. Yeah. How many regular occurring games can you do you find (laughs) is what you can best handle? So I'm at a uh, peak right now. I'm at a like portion of my life where everything uh, is a lot more calm. And so I actually have four ongoing games right now, which has been way more than I've ever had previously. So in the past, I was like a one game a week person but games like on bi-weekly schedules so i had like enough time to do my prep and somebody else would run on the other week like got mm-hmm. to game weekly but only had to prep a game every other week but i'm actually now running um consistently two to three games a week wow yeah it's 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 a bit much sometimes like sometimes i have like a whole week of prep in the evenings but i don't know that's mm-hmm. not a terrible that, that's not a terrible <laughs> thing to have you know from time to time yeah, I think the only bur- the only problem with it is when you have to when you realize you have to step out of a game because you've overcommitted yourself. So far, it hasn't happened. <laughs> what about you, Tomas? What's your what's your preferred limit or capacity? Well, I never have been that fortunate to have four games in my week, <laughs> but uh, I usually believe that two is about the best for me because uh, I usually am the one GMing games in my player groups. And uh, I have been a player as well in some at some times. At the moment, I'm only running it. Uh, so that has changed from other times in which I have been playing two games while I run uh, one other game. Uh, but that's the maximum I have done ever, like three games a week. <laughs> How about you, And I think I technically have six ongoing games right now, but... All of them are bi-weekly. Oh, um, okay. So oh, okay. I, I have games on Thursday night, but they are different games each week. I have games on Friday night, but they are different games each week. And I have uh, games on Saturday night, but they're different games each week. Um, yeah. The Saturday group is my, my regular, consistent local group. Um, we've been mostly playing online still because we've got some folks who are out of town but we switch back and forth which game we're playing between the weeks. Are these in person? Yeah, and, and then um, the Friday night games are two separate groups of people, so they don't overlap at all. And then the Thursday night is some of the same people, but still mostly different groups. I, I do find that I do much better with bi-weekly games than weekly games, which is funny when you think about how I was when I was in college and we would play two or three times a week the same game i i don't know how those gms did it back then i've only done that once in my life uh i I was playing amber diceless and it was um on a summer when i wasn't in university so i was like i was home and just working and i was running the game on tuesday nights and thursday nights and i just like essentially never stopped prepping the game (laughs) like i was just always writing something even while i was at work i had like a notepad next to me 
I was a cashier at a grocery store. And so like when people were like getting their money together to pay or because I'm old enough, they were writing checks. I would like be (laughs) jotting notes because I was like in my head working out plots and stuff. But like I have never with that exception, I have never run the same game twice in one week. Well, that reminds me during the pandemic, I've had a game that uh, in which I had all players create a character and I had different sessions with each character to introduce them to the story. And then they will meet up like an adventure style game in which they all participate in one big event. At that time, I think I ran four games during a week and that was <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy it, but it's quite a bit. It, it's, a, it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big commitment. Yeah. Moving away from the bounty of gaming we all have in our lives, uh, I think it is safe to say that any of us that have been trying to game regularly for any length of time have run into the bane of a gamer's existence, which are scheduling difficulties. As much as we all love this hobby, sometimes life gets in the way. Either you have something happening that gets in the way of you attending, or the group just can't coordinate a common time good for everyone. Because this is such a big problem for gamers everywhere, we thought it would be a good topic to bring to the gnomes and talk about, and go over our own trials and tribulations with scheduling and some of our advice on how to deal with it. So, Phil, what are the problems you have run into with scheduling? Because I know you've been gaming longer than I have, I believe. 41 years? Yeah, I think I'm not quite at 40 yet. I'm old. Yeah. I started young and I played for a long time. Um, yeah, the biggest, so the biggest challenge I ever had gaming, and this was years ago, was once my kids were no longer babies, but were like toddlers. Like when they were babies, like it was fine for me to like disappear weekly for gaming because they were like super little. They went to bed early or whatever. But as they got into like the toddler range, playing a whole day on a Saturday was like out. Like that was just out. Yeah. Um, not possible. Right. Uh, so what eventually happened was I sat with my group and we just like we had to talk about like what reasonably can we like, where could we fit a game? And ultimately, the time we found was six to 11 on Sunday nights. It, it was the one time that like no one has any family events. Even if you have a family dinner, it tends to be done early. Kids don't have any events on Sunday nights because it's always like go to bed and get ready to go to school kind of thing. So even my partner didn't have to didn't wasn't saddled with the burden of like just watching the kids for hours while I was playing because she would just have them maybe for like an hour or so when they were little and then rustle them up and send them up to bed. Right. So they'd be like heading off to bed. So even by the time I was like mid game, she was like free from kids and was able to sit and relax as well. And so that Sunday time slot uh, I have uh, 18 years later. I still have games that run in that time slot because it has been universally good. Like as my friends have gotten married and have kids, that Sunday spot seems to always be clear. And it wasn't only till recently in one of my, one of my game groups that uh, one of the players was like, can we just play earlier on Sunday? And I was like, I sat for a second. I'm like, yeah, actually we can. There's no reason anymore. Like my kids are, you know, teenager. I'm like, yeah, that that's an artifact. Your son is graduating from high school, isn't he? He finished his first year of college. Yeah, He's, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so like, we just recently moved one of my games to like Sunday afternoons at noon, and I actually love it. I I I 
kind of want to move the other game to Sunday afternoon on the opposite week, but I love the idea of like finishing up before dinner and then just having the evening free instead yeah. of finishing up and then like basically coming home and being like, well, I got a little time before bed, you know? So <laughs> that was my biggest challenge and it took some work, but ultimately it was just a matter of like finding the dead spot in everybody's calendar, yeah. which that turned out to be Sundays. What about you, Tomas? What what are your trials and tribulations with scheduling and keeping a game group grow- going? Oh, scheduling. It has always <laughs> been the, the BBG of our lives. Uh, but uh, in my case, I'm 27 years old, so I'm in an age in which I am starting working and I've got some friends that are at college, others that are starting college, uh, working as well, and they go out on weekends. So our scheduling is off the roofs. We can't schedule at any time at all. So what we have come up with uh, at times we try to play role-playing games is that we fixate on one day uh, per week and we stay on that day at that time. So uh, let's say uh, for my current game, we play on Fridays at 10 p.m. and we play till late because we don't have to wake up early the next morning. And we all use the time and we respect that time. Um, yeah, I have tried to play bi-weekly, but that hasn't worked for me because uh, people tend to forget which weekends are the ones that we are playing. So they arrange for other things and uh, that's when conflicts start to happen and it doesn't work. So I've decided to mostly play weekly. Yeah, I've seen that happen before too. Some people, you know, like they they lose the thread of what's happening in the game if they're not playing every week or like you said, people... People forget that they've committed to that time and end up scheduling some other outing with friends. Mm-hmm. We wind up doing a thing where on the Monday before the game, like the of the week of that game, we send out a message that Monday, be like, "Hey, remind, re- like, remember everyone, you know, this is our game week. Like, is everybody still in for Sunday? Right? Just just in case anyone thought this might not be the week, like, there's always <laughs> a reminder that goes out that's like, no, this is the Knights Black Agents week. So you know." Make sure you're available for Sunday's game. That is my job in my Saturday groups, in part because I kind of blew up at everyone uh, one holiday season when two weeks before everyone had said they would be available on a particular Saturday. And when I emailed some question on the Thursday or Friday before, all of a sudden three people couldn't come. Yeah. It was very much a last straw for me. And I basically blew up at the entire group for not respecting the time and investment of everyone else. And if you say you're mm-hmm. going to be there, like, I totally understand that life happens, but you need to let us know. And one of my friends in the group said he was a little surprised I just didn't quit right then and there. But I also know a good game group when I see it. And I didn't want to let these guys go. So I was mostly just upset that they didn't have the same level of commitment that I did. Part of my compromise at that time frame was to set up my weekly reminders for the groups that I'm in. And on Monday, I would get the reminder, at which point I would email everyone in the group to say, hey, we are playing this Saturday, same bat time, same bat channel. We're playing this person's game. Please respond with whether or not you are going to be there. I think it is important to understand that this is a hobby for everyone. Mm-hmm. So... We kind of have to have a little grace and understanding with each other. But at the same time, we need to respect each other's time and commitment to these things. 
Absolutely. That's a big problem because some people uh, just uh, don't go to certain events to make sure they can attend to your game. And when another person just disrespects that, uh, you just uh, turn into full anger and rage because you lost that event that you wanted to go to uh, because you wanted to commit to your game and that other person didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to do this topic in part because my Thursday groups have had an ongoing issue with things coming up and us not being able to play. So it's supposed to be, you know, every other Thursday, but then something comes up and sometimes it's, it's you know, nothing we can, it, it's somebody's having health issues. Somebody had a family emergency come up. But when it starts to become this chronic thing where we maybe get to play once every three sessions, that's when it's like, okay, let's let's take a step back and see if we can figure out how to make this this work. I agreed. In my case, it's once we lose one game because someone can attend to and we just decide to skip that week, it starts to make a snowball effect in which we don't play for about three weeks. I don't know yeah. why that happens, but uh, it's just that. So I try to always uh, play and if one person can't play we try to play uh, either way if two people can't can play in that case we may rearrange the table and reschedule i know with my with my saturday group if not everyone can be there sometimes we'll play something else we'll play board games we'll play a one shot of something yeah. we'll just do something to keep the momentum of everyone getting together and sometimes we'll just call it because everyone needs a free saturday night to just not have a commitment mm -hmm. So what are some of the other things you have done to try and make sure everyone stays on track? What advice would you give to our listeners to, to help them with their own scheduling difficulties? What about you, Phil? So the reminder thing I think is huge. I also do calendar invites. So Google, like I think pretty much everybody in my group has Google Calendar. So calendar invites for events so that it's on people's calendars. But even then, I can't stress enough that dropping that message like a week before the game just being like, hey, this is our week. Like, is everybody like, is everybody clear? Those are huge helps. The other one is, and I do this time from time to time in my game group is I'll just ask anybody like, are we coming up on, you know, does anyone have any days where they know they're not going to make it? So one of the courtesies in our group is tell us as early as possible when you're not going to make a game mm -hmm. so that GMs can either account for it or if it's going to be something like, oh, it's a few weeks out, we may still play. We'll just know that you're not going to be there for it. And the last, my last tip um, before I pass the mic is because you made me just think of it. And I was like, oh, I have to go put this in my session zero for my new campaign I'm starting on Sunday, which is uh, having a rule for quorum. How many players have to be at the table for there still to be a game? Mm -hmm. We used to never set that. And so like when one person would drop out, there would be this question like, oh, are we going to play? Are we not going to play it? So I like to now just at session zero, have an agreement that says, you know, based on the size of the group, if two people can't make it on a given game night, then we're not playing that night. Yeah. It's really important to figure out what the level your group can handle playing uh, or not playing. I know with my group, because we've got six, we will sometimes uh, continue playing if we're down two players. Uh, it it all depends on which game you're playing and the intensity of that. Like if we're just doing D and D beer and pretzel style D and D, it's no big deal. Uh, we just run a couple of other players. I do think it's also important to if you're like running a game where the session is supposed to be focused on a particular character or focused on a particular character's 
storyline, you need to be really careful about what you're doing there. Because, you know, if you don't have the player that the story is about, you gotta you gotta shift focus uh, or just reschedule for when that player can be there. We've had that happen a couple of times in uh, one of my Thursday night games where the player whose story it was wasn't going to be able to be there. So it's like, okay, we're just going to reschedule till the next time. Uh, well, in those cases, I have done the same that uh, Phil said, in which I arranged from session zero, that if there is one person that is not attending, uh, we are going to still play. If there are two people that won't attend, then we see if we still play or don't. And with three people not ar arriving, then we just cancel it for that set, uh, week and rearrange it. Um, something that I have done as well, uh, when there are people that are not attending or maybe that they don't come at last moment because something happened, is just uh, do some kind of spin-off game in the same world with the same characters, like some event that happened between sessions or something like that, an event, a festival that went on, something um, that doesn't need to, that doesn't have to be very important for the game uh, or doesn't cause any effect going forward. I have played, uh, for example, on our uh, Kids on Brooms games, a um, game that has come on RPG Day, made by uh, the company from uh, Critical Role, I can't remember the name, uh, Daring to Press. Uh, a familiar problem, I think it was called, in which all the players played as their familiars. And that was a blast. We played like for two hours, it had nothing to do with our game, and we just had a lot of fun and can't wait for someone else to not come to play again. That sounds fantastic, Tomas. I love when you do that, when people do that type of creative thing with their games. Another aspect of scheduling that I think is important to talk about is understanding that you can't always play with everyone you want to play with. Sometimes there can be somebody in your life that you really, really enjoy gaming with but it's not viable to have a regular consistent game with them and you have to understand where to uh where to draw the line on these things and and recognize that it may not be compatible to play with that player for this game that you want to do i've had situations where there are folks i really really like but we can't get our schedules aligned and you just have to recognize that Okay, maybe that's a once in a while gaming friend. I've had a similar I've had a similar instance with one uh, player in uh, in a game group that I just I love having the player in the game group, but uh, their life got sufficiently complicated. Yeah, that the time that was always good for all of us was no longer good for them. And it was like they're not a regular in the group. There's a chair waiting for them. They are always welcome to come back to that group when things kind of settle out for them. But for right now. Like, I don't actually get to, I get to hang out with them in social situations from time to time, but not get them to the game table, which I miss. So are there any other tips you have for scheduling that you want, you want us to discuss? So I think um, one good one is, uh, and I've, this has been useful for me over the years, is that if you're in the U.S., so let me just preface that with the, if you're in the U.S., this will be a little different outside the U.S., but in the U.S., the time period from the end of American Thanksgiving to New Year's is perilous in terms of scheduling things because we have Christmas and New Year's and all the holidays that, you know, all occur in that time period. So in the past, I have put my games on hiatus as we approach American Thanksgiving have just been like, okay, let's all reasonably agree. There's no way 
we're going to reliably be able to meet up and play our game as we head into the holidays. So why don't we just not try to play the role-playing game, but if we can still, some of us get together and play board games or something, we can still hang out as we approach the holidays, but let's not put the pressure on ourselves for having to try to get in games as people are getting like more and more things added to their calendar with family coming in and all of the, you know, like coming into town and all of those things. Oh yeah. Yeah. The holidays are a rough period of time to keep a consistent game going. In fact, that, as I mentioned earlier, when I blew up at my group for everyone saying they could be there and then half of the group not being able to be there, that was totally the holiday time frame. We still try and get together to game, but I think we approach the holiday season with a little more grace towards each other. I'd say usually we get at least one game in between Thanksgiving and New Year's. If we're lucky, you know, we, we just try and have a little more grace with each other. Yeah, something that you have reminded me as well with all that you were saying is uh, an example that happened in the second season of Critical Role in which uh, there were two players that uh, were about to have a baby, so they had to leave the table for some time. And what uh, the DM Matt did at that time was just remove them from the game because they, their characters were kidnapped. And that created a whole new event for the game that had a lot of impact in the game as well. Uh, and you can maybe try that as well if you can find a way to do so. Oh, yeah. Um, we generally um, played at the house of whoever had the smallest kids. Um, originally, that was one set of friends, but as their kids got older, another friend uh, had a baby, and we would just, it was usually more convenient to play at the house of the folks who had the small kids, um, because that meant they could be there to do whatever needed to be done. It just made life easier for them. Yep. In fact, in fact, gaming was at my house during those years, um, in part because if something went sideways, I could just, you know, excuse myself from the table head upstairs, give a hand, head back downstairs kind of thing. And it was pretty routine for my kids to come down and say goodnight to me while we were gaming. So like all my friends are used to, you know, high-fiving, you know, my kids as they're, you know, coming through to say goodnight. The other one I was going to mention is um, based on what Tomas said, having gone through this twice, the first baby is um, sometimes a time when people are like, yes, I'm having my first baby. It's definitely not going to interrupt my gaming schedule. <laughs> it is definitely going to interrupt your gaming schedule and in ways that you have no idea besides just the general time the sleep deprivation and everything else and okay, yeah. it is a time where if you have a player in a group who's about to have their first baby giving them you know either kind of working the story so that if they can't make it or even sometimes and i've had this happen where friends just fell asleep at the table right because they were able to make it out but they were exhausted just again, like you said, and having that grace of just being like, yep, it's going to be okay. It, it will smooth out in a little bit, but also don't say it's not going to change immediately. It almost always does. Yeah. So we had a friend, we had a, we had a friend in my group back quite a while who she was in the middle of med school. She, I think she had just started a residency around the time she started gaming with us <laughs> and Med school residency time frame is pretty intense. So a lot of times she would show up for gaming and then fall asleep. Yeah. For the most part, we all just took it in stride because we enjoyed her company. She enjoyed gaming with us. She liked the moments where she was able to be awake and part of the game. 
but it was it was just something she needed as a stress relief so even though she was falling asleep on the game we were all fine with it she'd basically wake up enough to roll the dice and then ask if it was dead yet and then we'd have to tell her no no that that was initiative hey folks we had some audio difficulties with this episode and we lost about a minute worth of audio so we're going to move into the ending of the show now sorry and thank you so much for listening to the gnomecast this show is funded by the Gnome Stew Patreon. You too can be a Patreon backer by following the Patreon link on the Gnome Stew website to the Gnome Stew Patreon. This ad is brought to you by Grey Havens, the gamer retirement community. In your golden twilight years, it's time to set aside responsibility and spend as much time as you can gaming with your friends. In retirement, revisit those years of your youth where you could just game all the time. Join us at Grey Havens where we have a spot at the table for you. If you're enjoying the Gnomecast, you'll probably like one of the other Misdirected Mark shows. Here's one to check out. Fat Go with Advantage. Ange and Jared love talking about RPGs and D&D. Together, they share insights into games they're running in the campaign journal and then tackle a variety of topics that affect the game in the DM's workshop. They're going to talk anyway, so might as well record it. Maybe you'll even pick up an ancient D&D factoid about a previous edition of the game that you'll never use. You can find all of us at gnomestew.com, gnomestew on Twitter, and gnomestew on Facebook. Gnomes, is there anything else you'd like to give okay, a shout well, out to today? I have something coming up soon. Uh, well, I think that by the time this recording uh, arrives at the podcast uh, or launches, uh, my crowdfunding uh, project is going to have launched. It's called uh, What is it that lies beyond the immenseness of the dark? A card game, a storytelling collaborative, collaborative card game. Uh, for two plus players in which you build some kind of horror inhabiting the area in which you're playing. Uh, this works in a way that you can travel or go to some area you know in your city or town that looks spooky, some, uh, something like a mansion or an abandoned place or the top of your city as well. And you can play in there while watching how the darkness engulfs the light and create your own horror that can be a serial assassin, a swarm of monsters, a master manipulator, another creature, or anything in between. Sure, you can catch me on MM Plays, where I am GMing Children of the Shroud, our Cortex Prime AP, where uh, we run a bit of story, so you get to actually hear us play the games, and then you can, the following weeks, hear us uh, talking about GMing and game design topics about the session that we just ran. I'm going to give a shout-out to the fact that Origins is coming up super close. Origins is happening... Uh, June 23rd through June 26th. Uh, don't, don't quote me on those exact dates, but I will actually be at Origins. I know not everyone is ready for the big in-person cons yet, but if you're going to be there, uh, let me know and I'll, we'll say hi. So, Gnomes, do you think we scheduled this well enough to avoid becoming part of the stool? Can we schedule? That's something that we can do. <laughs>